Welcome to the McYappin Fries Movie Podcast. I'm Gavin. And that was Ian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of spoke over each other there for a second. Which, which has never happened before. This no. makes this a monumental podcast. And as per usual, we'll be uh, hitting you with the latest news around Hollywood, movie making, and all, some, all kinds of shit that's been going on. All right there, Tex. There's been some uh, pretty big announcements uh, over the last week. We'll also be following up with some reviews. This week I saw Robin Hood, the Russell Crowe starring Ridley Scott Epic. And I watched Youth in Revolt, uh, based on the cult bestseller, uh, and uh, the character of Nick Twist, played by Michael Cera. I'll be reviewing that. Um, also, if you fail, you want to disagree with anything we say, or anything agree, we say, or just t- send us you in your hate recipes. Us, love us, you know. You're not. You're unsure of us. You're unsure of yourself. Whatever it is your particular thing may be, drop us a line at podcast at mcyappenfries.com. That's podcast at mcyappenfries.com. And I think that deserves a moment of silence. I don't think it does because that's what we in the business call dead air. Podcast at mcgappinfries.com. Drop us a line. In the news this week. Uh, biggest news for me this week, uh, Guillermo del Toro leaves The Hobbit. Yeah, this is pretty fucked up. This is fucked up. Um, uh, I mean, for, for those of you who have been uh, living under a rock for quite a long time, uh, for the last two years, Guillermo del Toro has been collaborating in New Zealand Mm-hmm. I mean, the guys actually had to fucking, you know, like, uh, head over there and work uh, with Peter Jackson and... Fran um, Walsh. Fran Walsh and Philip Boyens working on, t- working on the, uh, the script and also pre-production to uh, basically t- to, direct the, uh, to direct The Hobbit. Yeah. Which was going to be split up into two films. And before and we did this, I mean, we haven't done it in a while, but we did have that laundry list of movies. Yeah. was the busiest director in yeah. the world. Yeah, this is what I was going to... Frankenstein. Uh-huh. Some uh, other Frankenstein, uh, H.P. Lovecraft's uh, At the Mountains of Madness, mm-hmm. uh, Slaughterhouse Five, uh, Drood. Uh, <laughs> what? Drood? Drood, yeah. The Dan- uh, it was a movie based on a novel by Dan Simmons, oh. uh, which is about Charles Dickens' secret life as a Victorian-era detective. Didn't that come out? Nope. I thought someone else did something very, very similar recently. Have they? Yeah. I don't know about that. Okay. Moving on. But, uh, yeah, so he spent the last two years working on this fucking thing with them. And, uh, you know, this in, he's been intricately involved in every aspect of pre-production. Uh, and basically, the constant delays, the whole fucking bullshit that's going on with the MGM, uh, he's had to bow out. Yeah. Uh, could there be other reasons? Quite possibly. But this is the official reason, is that because of the constant delays, which is very true, actually. I mean, this thing is actually really uh, supposed to be behind the camera by now. Yeah, yeah. In front of the camera by now. Well, it's all related to the financial trouble that MGM have been having. I mean, Daniel Craig is also looking around for other work, seeing as Bond 23 yeah, yeah. isn't kicking yeah, off any time soon. Yeah, it's definitely delayed, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not sure. I know the Weinsteins is looking like some guy's got a, a deal for trying to... He's got a window of opportunity to buy the Miramax name and properties, mm-hmm. but yeah. um, I don't think anything has been sorted out with MGM yet. No, it's, uh, it's a big fucking mess over there, and... and to be honest with you, I mean, God knows how much longer it would have been delayed. Yeah. Because it's already been pushed back twice, right? Yeah. They pushed it back twice. I mean, this thing, 
you know, it should be well underway by now. So you know what? And especially when you've got a fucking list of movies a mile long. It was only a week or two that they said that it wasn't greenlit. They had a yeah. strip, but it hadn't fully been greenlit yet. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's at, at this point, I'm like, why do it? You know what I mean? Like, uh, two just, years, man. Just, two years! I know it's two years. But it's, it's going to... I mean, who, it would suck to be the director going in. We, be, because it would suck to be the director going into this movie because... Guillermo del Toro has been so involved in pre-production. Has he been doing this the same amount of time we've been doing this podcast? Could be. Roughly around. Fuck. So, yeah. Well, I'm getting tired of this. Yeah, I'm getting tired of this. This is fucking boring. I hate fucking this shit. shit every fucking, fucking no week. Jesus listens. What's Christ. the fucking point? <laughs> so that email address, podcast, and the Gavin Fries, I want to reassure Gavin that you are actually listening. There you go. No, but I mean, the thing is, is that uh, Del Toro has been involved in every aspect of this production. So the director that gets called in, whoever he may be, whoever, however shit or how brilliant he may be, is going to be making this guy's movie. Well, I mean, if they get, they're going to have to get a big name director. And no big name director is going to take that. He's going to just want to do it his, way, his own way. Yeah, he's going to want to do it his own way, you know? And like, it's like, it's like fucking getting, you know, um, Kevin, Kevin uh, is getting, is getting Kevin Smith to take over Tim Burton. Yeah, <laughs> basically, yeah. it's like <laughs> it's a poison chalice. <laughs> it's just uh, I don't know. It's like, which which scares me because you're scared like fuck. Uh, let's just hope they don't bring in some workman like the director. Well, I thought who's just there was take a, orders. There know? was a rumor after this also maybe that, that, that Peter, Jackson Peter Jackson would do it. Was not ruling it out himself, and he is the next logical choice because he's the only other person who's pulled this shit off. Who's been as involved, not just in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, but also this particular movie. Yeah, yeah, but he pulled it off before once before. Yes, he knows how to do it. He know he knows how to do it three times. There you go. Yeah. Three and if you count DVDs, like, forever and ever and ever. <laughs> He's changing shit. He's, well, he didn't wait, what, 16 years to fuck around with his vision like George Lucas. He yeah, just put yeah. the, the long editions on the box sets. Oh, I think it was uh, established quite a long time ago that Peter Jackson and George Lucas are not born from the same milk. No, they're not <laughs> from the same cloth. <laughs> but uh, the good news to come out of this is that that means we are going to be seeing Del Toro's Frankenstein and all of his other fucking movies a lot sooner. Hopefully. Uh, well, <laughs> what else is he going to do? He's well, going to get stuck on Frankenstein for two years. <laughs> Dude, I don't think Universal so. might fuck up. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I, well, hope springs eternal. Yeah. Well, the big news for me this week was the uh, concept art that leaked from um, Thor and Captain America. Leaked from Captain America first. Yeah. And then a couple of days later, it uh, came out with Thor. And I was reading on... Um, um, rope of ropeofsilicon.com mm-hmm. and they trashed it the, the Thor conceptual art they were like oh this does not give me a good feeling looks like ropeofsilicon.com looks, looks like uh, ropeofsilicon no, come on what, what, what kind of site is that I've never heard of it is that even a movie site or it, is, it is a movie site oh, right. it is a movie site some of the shit you get on there is pretty interesting okay. uh, it's just that they, they stop were, plugging other, other websites what I mean like shit I'm Chinese I scratched that back and scratch my <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you know they they, um, they kind of like uh, took a dump on the conceptual art for Thor and personally I thought it was alright yeah and I think it's I, actually I, it's very like, clever I, I, I actually like what they've done yeah. and you have to understand this is con- this is a conceptual drawing this yeah. is not the real thing it's heavily Photoshop it's I mean, heavily they Photoshop. just kind of stick in um, Chris Hemsworth's face it's the same for the Captain America stuff yeah and the story of how that came out it's actually kind of cool. It shows that, again, Marvel will know what they're doing a little bit. Yeah. Uh, some of this art was shown to certain journalists, and one guy's on joblow.com was describing it mm-hmm. in detail. So I can't share it, but I can describe it. Mm-hmm. I'm allowed to do that. And then a lot of guys did up concept art, and one of them was spot on, and they said, actually, no, that's what I saw. 
Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, and so then this, it just because it wasn't like, you know, I didn't see anything about where it came from. It wasn't leaked as such, but then they just said, let's just get it out there. Let's see what people think. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, we'd seen the Chris Helmsworth shot of him in the. Uh, the, 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 the it looks slightly different from the. The vest looks slightly different from the actual shot we've seen. Not really, actually. I mean, I took a look at the uh, the first the first uh, shot of Chris Hemsworth. Because I thought the chainmail on his arms more extended down to his body. A little bit, yeah, yeah. a little bit. Uh, but for the most part, it looks. Pretty spot on, and you have to understand. You know, this is before it's lit. It's before color grading. Yeah. It's before all kinds of shit. It's basically you know? just, it's concept art. To get yeah. The concept and across. the Captain America concept art, as far as I'm concerned, badass. Yeah. This it's is fucking awesome. Awesome. So I mean, this I looks mean, like it looks like they're going for kind of a leather thing. I heard comments about the helmet being an actual helmet. It does look like it was. Does look a little bit, but yeah. uh, uh, but it's 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 an awesome design. I mean, I, I do like the way the star is not so prominent on the chest. It's yeah. like he's white up to his nipples, and then from there above it's blue, and then you got the star above the nipples. Yeah. And the shield is perfection. Well, you can't go, how, how can you go wrong with the shield? The shield is perfection. I have always liked... I mean, like, uh, I think it was... Uh, <coughs> Mark Millar put it best. He's like, you know, Captain America makes me feel patriotic and I'm not even American. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like... <laughs> there's just something about that character when you see him in, in the right kind of light and that yeah. fucking shield. I'm not, Ameri- I'm not American, dude, but I have considered many a time of getting a tattoo of that fucking shield. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, it's, it's the fucking, one thing you want to get. <laughs> Just right there on the shoulder, that'd be fucking amazing. <laughs> couldn't we couldn't wear it out? <laughs> it's fantasy. Yeah, you get your ass kicked. <laughs> Unless you go to a gay club, yeah. that ain't good either. <laughs> but yeah, it looks a lot like leather. There's some kind of shouldery pads. There's lots of buckles. He's got leaf field belts. Yeah, which would be interesting to see that. So he's got like a Batman utility belt, but a I know, I know. which is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> the fact that, and even in the uh, description in uh, Joe Blow, they were saying that like you know you don't. When I say utility belt, I really mean this Ut- is this it's is a, a belt that's made belt. for utility. Yeah, it's fucking kick ass, and like Chris no. Chris Evans is going to look awesome. Yeah, that outfit. Yeah, yeah, he's it looks look good. Fucking awesome, and they have a nice so, kind of detailing on the trousers as well. So it doesn't look like leather, it doesn't look like Kevlar, it doesn't look like anything. It just kind of looks cool. It sounds like we're sucking Captain America's dick and not so much Thor. I just want to make it clear I am sweet about the Thor conception. You're sucking both their dicks. It's looking, I'm sucking both their dicks right now. I mean, main, and for this, I mean, like, uh, the one complaint I've kind of read on Talkbacks, and this is why I read Talkbacks, because I always find it both amusing to see, uh, I find it amusing to see how, so, so how intelligent some comments are. And, and depressing how, how and the how, stupid and people how are. And how retarded some are. And, you know, some people bitch, like, about, like, cheesy. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's Captain America. It's Captain America and <laughs> Thor. <laughs> You know, if you, how can you call yourself a fan of these characters if if you feel that this is too cheesy and comic booky? It's like this is what you want. It the fact of, that you're not laughing your ass off yeah. is an achievement. Yeah. You know, because both of these characters ha- have the potential look to, look, goofy. to look so ridiculously wrong. Well, that's the thing they haven't shown. Right? I wonder if they're going to go if they're going to go completely helmetless for Thor. They've cut out the wings entirely on both characters. Um, I can do. I, I'm fine with that actually. Mm. I'm fine with that. Does he have a name for his helmet? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Terry. Helmet with wings. <laughs> and you can't, I was thinking about his other helmet. And you can't have two Marvel characters with wings in their fucking sides. <laughs> but yeah, so this is Steve Rogers costume. They, so I am very glad there's no helmet with wings on Captain America. Yeah. That would just look weird. That would just look weird. You know, but they have said that this is actually as well. They, are, they confirmed the kind of thing that he's going to have an initial USO performance where he's kind of like, this is Captain America. Mm-hmm. Support your troops. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're going to go think- with this. This is his battle-ready outfit. This is battle action, Captain America. Awesome. No, no, no. I'm, I'm way excited about that. Also, in further um, 
uh, Marvel news. It is uh, more or less confirmed that Jeremy Renner will be playing Hawkeye, which is cool in the Avengers, which is cool. Yeah, and it's also sp- uh, mentioned that um, it's not confirmed yet. I mean, like they say that he's set. It's final negotiations, which usually means it's set. Yeah, but uh, absolute confirmation, no. But pretty much every magazine is talking about it like it's pretty much set. Yeah. And the other one is Neil McDonough is supposed to be joining the cast of Captain America as Dum Dum Duggan. This is great news. Yeah, I, <laughs> Neil McDonough. He's one of those actors that I, I love him in every movie, but I have no idea what he's been in. Yeah, because he's been in everything. He was in Ten Man of <laughs> Sci-Fi, which was weird, and he just wore a hat and was cool and had a gun. I'm trying. It's like I know his face so clearly, and I've seen, and I remember his performances. I just cannot remember anything. He was just a bad guy. Oh, he was that doctor for a while on TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like yeah, House, yeah. but without the annoying bits. Uh, yeah, uh, but and he's playing. Uh, Dum Dum Duggan Dum 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 Duggan who um, is a member of a Nick Fury's uh, Howling Commandos yeah uh, and then later he crops up in S.H.I.E.L.D. as well yeah, yeah, yeah. when no. he's older with the tash after, after World War II he joined S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, which is cool I mean I like the period yeah just the whole period of everything they're going for if they if they nail this I mean like Jesus Christ I mean I, I'm, I'm hoping that Wolfman was just mangled by the studio and that it's not Joe Johnson you know, yeah, and yeah, I've heard stories afterwards that it was some studio interference in that. So I have heard uh, that the um, the unrated director's cut is actually um, it doesn't make it a masterpiece, mm-hmm. but it is a vast improvement. Yeah, because uh, from what I understand from the reviews is that it's like about twenty minutes worth of extra footage, and all of that twenty minutes is character. Oh, excellent! None of it's action. <laughs> Is it all Anthony Hopkins chewing on the, what's left of the scenery? I have no idea. I, I, I can't quite remember. I, I, I have heard that it does make the romance make a little bit more sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, it kind of comes out a little bit out of nowhere in that because she's kind of undeveloped. Yeah. Uh, from what I understand, the, the romance makes a bit more sense. I just hear that it just makes the overall experience a lot, uh, a lot richer. Cool. Uh, it doesn't make it a masterpiece. No. But a much better film than the theatrical cut. I must check it out. Um, our last bit of Marvel news for the week. Have you got any more? Um, that's it for me. The other bit is um, this um, custom sneakers builder, Diverse Divert, Tile. They're selling a custom, a limited run of War Machine and uh, Iron Man Nike Kicks, and they light up. Huh? Iron Man Nike Kicks? Yeah. They're, like, they're taking Nike uh, high tops and they've, re- they've redone them, so they're like yellow and red, and they look really distressed, and the tongue has a little small arc reactor. And the Iron Man one has the triangle one, and the War Machines ones are grey and black. Are they, are they cool? They're cool. How They're much do they really cost? Cool. I don't know, they haven't put up a, a link yet on is this Is this like a special edition type of thing, or is it mass produced? What the, no, these guys do limited editions. They do like, they take a, 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 a production So it's limited shoot. edition? Yeah, it's limited so edition. So you know it's going to be fucking expensive. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, this is, they're putting lights in the fucking tongue of your shoe. This is not a blow-up thing like Reebok. This is a fucking arc reactor. You can still mass produce that shit, and I guarantee you there's enough fucking assholes out there to go out and buy it. Well, they haven't said, I mean, this, could be, this could be that, you know, they, they put this up, and they, this went up earlier in the week, and they didn't have a link off to the purchase yet so even on their own side fuck so that shit you know they, could be, they could be figuring out how many can we realistically make you know what you know what I mean fuck that I actually get this is where it, like, it gets a bit too ridiculous you know it's like come on man you'd so you, buy them I would but, <laughs> but I, you have to admit it's ridiculous you know like consumerism is reaching a, a stage where like you know, like movies and commerce are becoming so like intertwined it's like they're, they're already fucking hicks <laughs> you know it's it's ridiculous <laughs> It's, no, I mean, some of the marketing shit that I see, it's, it gets to a point... I mean, maybe I'm just getting older and cynical. 
I don't know. It's like you were pretty cynical to start with. Some of the stuff that I see is like when, when I hear shit like this, I'm like, "Fuck, that's that's too much." But like, you how saw, much are they? You, saw, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you, you, saw, still you still do it. You've, you've still, seen the Iron Man toy helmet and the little arc reactor you can hang yeah, in a yeah, T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want that. There's a part of me. Yeah, exactly. It's like shit. You know, you know, do not buy this if you are over nine years old. But you still want it. Yeah. I've got the beard. It's going to dye everything black, and I'm going to wear a white vest with that little thing clipped on the front for Halloween. You better fucking warn me if you do that shit, because yeah. you're going to do the same. It'll, it'll be the same way you reacting to me when I cut my hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could, you know, you could wear a black face. You could go as a war machine. This is great radio, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking about movies. Uh, sticking to comic book news, uh, Christopher Nolan was talking to Empire Magazine about uh, his new film Inception that opens on July 16th. I saw this as well. Yeah. And uh, he gave some very, very definitive information on the uh, third Batman film. Definitely. Uh, it will definitely not involve the Joker. Yeah. Which I'm very happy to hear. Yeah, yeah. I'm very happy to hear that they're not going to try and... I mean, it, it's you just shouldn't go there. Nolan said emphatically no and hesitated. He resists elaborating simply because, quite understandably, he says, I don't feel comfortable talking yeah. about it. The only thing that he would um, sort of confirm is that uh, they do... They are working on a script. His brother is working on a script, and they do have an idea that they're very excited about, and they think it'll be a great ending for it. Um, again, confirming that this will indeed be the ending of a trilogy. Yeah. And it will not, not bloat. It's not going to bloat it up and leave it open for a fourth film, which is, again, excellent news. But he also said. Although you can just imagine the Warner Brothers executives doing that and going, huh? <laughs> you <laughs> got you. You got to leave room for a sequel. Get Ratner on the phone. <laughs> Look, you want to wrap up your story? You wrap up your story. But you you, you get one of those Put the little, toys back in the toy press you, you at the end. You get those little things that those Marvel boys are doing, huh? At the end of the credits. And, you know, so... And, and so, so you might... People might think... There's more coming. <laughs> there, might be, there might be another one. And Chris Vanone's like, Fuck you, I'm English. He did also say that he he um, he can only think about one movie at a time. So his brother's working on it, and he's not involved that much yet. Because until he's got Inception out of the way, he can't really. Don't knock his brother, dude. His brother yeah, also he's... had a big big part to play in in Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm not saying that. However, saying that it's however, not, his it's brother, not near to starting. However, his brother also did rewrites on Terminator Salvation. Oh. Oh dear. Oh dear. He also talked about Inception oh, saying way, it's his Bond movie. Did you hear that quote? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's kind of cool. I've been plundering ruthlessly from the Bond movies and everything I've done forever. <laughs> it's amazing. Like uh, This is like one of these uh, rare directors that's kind of like... You watch his films and you get the impression that he's like all arty and shit. But, and, and, but every time he references stuff, yeah. it's always like... He's just keeping on the down low. Which is great. I mean, like, let's hope that he keeps doing that. I'm sick of fucking directors fucking, like, quoting, like, Italian and French movies as their inspiration. Yeah. And it's like... Oh, Fellini, again? You know, like, go fuck yourself. Finally, some guy fucking references Big Trouble in Little China. I'm like, yeah! Instead of the bicycle thief. (laughs) Bicycle thief. Fuck that motherfucker. Shit, I'll steal his bike. I'll beat him to death with it. (laughs) Bicycle thief 2, coming soon, saying Bruce Willis. Bicycle harder. Thief harder. (laughs) There's also a cool little thing. If you want to start getting in on the hype on uh, Inception, Wired.com have a sections of a manual for what could it's, it's a manual for a shared a dream share tactical employment procedures mm-hmm. it's heavily redacted but uh, it looks like it's for uh, Inception there's some scenes there's some like story, it looks like storyboard art with loads of like black text mm-hmm. and uh, they also point to a site called uh, 
if you look on Wired's site anyway, it has tags under Dreamweavers, Dreamshare, Rabbit Holes. They have a link to a site as well there that seems to be like the actual site for this. So I'm sure if you play around, it's very much in the same way that they're doing with the Tron site. Mm-hmm. There's like hidden, there should be something hidden. So it looks like they're running an ARG or an alternate reality game as well to promote the movie. Which is cool when they do that kind of stuff. They do a kind of, if it doesn't, if it, if it fills out the world and doesn't blow the movie, I think that's a very, very cool. There's a lot of people doing that these days. It's a nice marketing buzz. Also in uh, Christopher Nolan news is uh, just to... He clarified a great deal his role in the upcoming uh, Superman reboot. Yeah, he did. Because um, up until now, he's basically been referred to as either the movie's mentor or godfather. He's godfathering the film. Or conceptualizer. Yeah. But um, he clarified that uh, this actually came out of sort of a lull period while he and David Goyer were trying to put together Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. The script for Dark Knight is uh, basically they were working on Dark Knight and they ran out of ideas and just one day hanging out David Gore just like casually sort of mentioned like oh you know what I've got a, I have an idea about how I would do Superman mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, Chris Nolan heard this and really really liked it thought it was a very exciting idea they took it to Warner Brothers they really liked it and so basically they're kind of like it's their idea they're going to supervise sort of they're going to ha- they're, they're basically going to Peter Jackson and the Hobbit, basically. Peter Jackson and the Hobbit, exactly. They and, 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 and they will, the and and that they will have a say in who directs it. Mm. So that's essentially what he's doing for the Superman movie, which to me gets me all kinds of excited. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> great line for me says it was the first time when Goyer pitched it to him. It was the first time I was able to conceive of how you would address Superman in a modern context. In a modern context, which, which is kind of cool. Which you know what, David Goyer. I, I I got no problem. I got no problem. Although, can you imagine being Brian Singer reading this in Variety? No. And what am I? What am I doing? I'm doing a big screen version of Battlestar Galactica, but not the most recent awesome no, one. Not the one the everyone 70s knows. One. Isn't he doing like Jack and the Beanstalk or some shit? That's a rumor as well. Jack yeah, that's been attached to a couple of things. What the fuck, man? What the fuck? Yeah, totally. What the fuck? There's another interesting trailer come out this week for Jack Boots on Whitehall. Mm-hmm. Very odd little trailer. Starts off with like CG Battle of Britain stuff, and you're thinking it's World War Two and everything's. It's got trailer voice. The, new, the latest trailer voice, man. I heard about this. I heard. Th- I heard it's supposed to be. I heard it looks awesome. <coughs> I thought it looked kind of retarded. It's basically Action Man. It's not doing the full on Team America with strings, but it's Action Man. Mm-hmm. America is. They're, they're suckers for action. They love their Action Man. Yeah, but it looks really cheap. I haven't seen it. I just heard yeah. that it was awesome, but I heard it from like uh, you well, know like Harry Knowles and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Harry Knowles. I mean it. it I was thinking this is like a student movie until I saw the cast list because you've got like Ian McGregor's the lead character Rosamund Pike Richard E. Grant Timothy Spall Tom Wilkinson Alan Cummings playing Hitler which who turns up in like a full Elizabethan dress like how do I look? <laughs> um, you've got Richard Griffiths in there Richard O'Brien I'm guessing it's um, an English story I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, it, it's written by these two guys Edward McHenry and Rory McHenry who've never done anything before it this be- they're writing and directing it better be an English story I mean with that cast however it does make if it is an American story it is the Nazis invading England okay well then it's an English story and you know Churchill's played by Timothy Spall coming out and going come and get it that's awesome but it looks really cheap and some of the gags in the trailer are really ropey fucking like they were old in 1945 I'll so I'm not I'm not thinking it's gonna look good it doesn't look good at all but if okay like from an American mind yeah do you think it might look amusing what, like like Winston Churchill action hero or whatever the fuck that movie was called well you know I mean like the British accents and the fact that it's not like live action and all that and mm. it's slightly comical you know people might find that shit funny Meh. I don't but stop talking about stupid shit um, Brett Ratner is doing Snow White which apparently is going to be an edgy comedy ooh edgy wasn't that so 1995 edgy at the moment we don't know if he's going to direct it but he will indeed produce uh, the story which um 
It's uh, it's <laughs> it's going to be in 3D, of course. Mm. Uh, and the script was written by uh, this chick, Melissa Wallach, uh, who was who also wrote the Dallas Buyers Club. What the fuck? Yep. And um, it's uh, apparently it's going to go back to the Brothers Grimm version of the fairy tale, and that in in the sense that um, it's it's going to be like a, it's going to have some scary elements to it. Oh, it's edgy. Yeah. But uh, this is what this is what got me is that uh, in, uh, Ratner was talking to Deadline, and he says, "I quote: This always scares me when people say this." This is not your grandfather's Snow White. Yeah, not your grandfather's, not your father's, yeah, not yeah. your grandfather's. Melissa, like, I love it how he says, like, her first name, like, we're all supposed to know who the fuck she is. Yeah, yeah. It's like, but if, in case, and you've probably already forgotten her name. Her name is Melissa Wallach. <laughs> uh, Melissa went back to the 500-year-old folktale. It's amazing that he just, he, he just plucks that number out yeah, of yeah. thin air. And no, put, out of his ass. Yeah, and, and, put, and put in some of the things, this is my favorite bit, and put in some of the things that were missing from Walt Disney's film. Tits and ass. There you go. I, I, it's like, he says it like it's to say Walt Disney fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he went on afterwards. His, his, dwarves, his dwarves were miners, and here they are robbers. There was yes. also a dragon that was in the original folktale. It's just like, we need a dragon in the third act. Snow White needs to punch a dragon. Exactly, exactly. You know, it's like they, like you know, in, in his version, they were miners. In mine, they're robbers because that's cutting edge. Yeah. You know, it's like what the fuck, dude. The original made for its time was soft compared to what we're going to do. Uh huh. Uh, I mean, you know, oh, but then he, but you know, but then he uh, tries to back it up. He's like Walt, Walt again, no Walt Disney, like just Walt. Walt. Yeah, you know, because like, because I have tea with this fucker every morning. <laughs> and like Walt made one of the great movies of all time. But ours is edgy, and there is more comedy. <laughs> just to see how much. That's of an a, actual. Just to see how much of a terrible fucker. I mean, like, there's a movie, there's an Indian movie called Kites, yeah. came out recently, yeah. and it's released in the states as Brat, Brat, Brett Ratner's Kites, the remix. And I think they just. I don't think they've actually altered anything. They just added some extra music. Oh really? Yeah. Apparently, I've heard that the, they haven't edited it at all because some Bollywood movies can be a bit long. Uh huh. You know, for attention deficit Americans, so. But what a wanky way to fucking put it out there. It's one thing to say, like, have a hand in it. Like, it's not going to say, you know, Chris Nolan's Batman or Superman. There goes millions of listenership. Yeah. We're just shitting on Americans today. Yeah. And then whatever American listeners we do have, we're going to go, but one of you has a fucked up American accent. See you in San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. We have an announcement. We we will be covering that. But we'll talk about that later. Yeah. We'd later this today or later. Oh, let's oh, yeah, later today. Need some filler between the news and. <laughs> <laughs> also, this week the trailer for Jack Black's Gulliver's Travels came out. This looks dumbass. This looks retarded. Jack Black playing Jack Black. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, I mean, one of the things that is kind of nice about it is um, that you know, at least at least the beginning, you know, with the little people. But you know, they're always going to follow that. For those of you who are unaware, um, Gulliver's Travels is widely known as. Um, the most popular book never read. Yeah. Jonathan Swift. <laughs> Written by Jonathan Swift about this guy who uh, gets lost in a world of uh, multiple worlds. I mean, like, just alternate reality. Different... The, the hee-haws? Is that what they call the horses? It's, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's just insane. I mean... I think Ted Danson's version was only Ted, the only version that went to all the worlds. Yes. Everyone's gone to the Laputians, but no one's gone to the others. I mean, if, uh, if this trailer is any indication of the film, then I would say, please... Save yourself the trouble. Go and rent or buy Ted Danson's. It's Jack O'Gill and the Little People. It's Ted Danson's miniseries to this day. You know, like uh, it still stays with me. It's just such an amazing series mm. because he's going nuts. He's going nuts. I mean, and you need to see him go to every single world. And you like Mary? What's her name? Mary Steenburgen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, 
I mean, that it's just it's an amazing story. Yeah, it's an amazing story about, and it's a satire. It's a satire. Yeah, it, it's it's insane. Um, so. I don't expect you guys to go out and buy and read the book. Yeah, it's uh, free on all sorts of applications. You yeah, get it. it's, it's well out of copyright. You can get it. But if you want to watch the Ted Danson version, but if you uh, you know, but the next best thing is seriously watch the Ted Ted Danson version because that is the entire novel. Yeah, it is the entire novel in that. But it has a weird cast. I mean, like Emily Blunt's in it is the Princess of the Jason Lucia. Siegel's in it. Yeah, Jason. I presume it's Jason Siegel. He's trying to introduce the fist bump to, which is quite ter- perilous when they're the size of your fist. Um, Amanda Peet Billy Connolly James Corden who's from um, um, Gavin and Stacey Gavin and Stacey uh, Lesbian Vampire Killers <laughs> I haven't seen that I've heard so bad but that's just like it's where they got those those good names and like it even gets to the point where he's in a, and he's in an apartment that looks like they built for him and he's playing foosball yeah, with yeah, the yeah. fusions yeah, yeah. it looks like it's just going to be a whole lot of side gags. yeah uh, which probably means it'll make shitloads of money because it is also being released in 3D. <laughs> also on the cast list is Rich, Justin Brett playing Paul Stanley of Kiss. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to work. Speaking of ridiculous, uh, this is something for you baby boomers out there. Tom Selleck recently confirmed there will be a sequel to Three Men. Oh no! Yeah, this one is a called, little lady, a little woman. At first, it was three men and a baby. Then it was three men and a little lady. For those of you who don't know, this was like this is a total eighties thing. Yeah, yeah. This is Tom Selleck, Steve Gutenberg, Gutenberg, and Ted Danson. And, the Holy Trinity. The Holy Trinity. And uh, Ted Danson basically knocks up this uh, chick played by Nancy Travis, mm-hmm. and uh, they're they they're left the baby and they have to raise her, and it's just. In, in, in the 80s that was funny it was high concept comedy like yeah. three flying bachelors having to take care of a baby and they live in like well they are the gayest bachelors ever yeah. they live in an apartment they decorated themselves with cartoons on the wall yeah, for fuck's yeah, sake yeah. It's it's, just, you watch it now and it's like oh, red flag <laughs> <laughs> and then there was a sequel in the 90s yeah. the early 90s called Three Men and a Little Lady guess what that was about yeah. <laughs> so where are they going with it? they got a title yet this one's called Three Men and a Bride oh god they've already done that movie three times Father of the Bride right was it twice three times it was uh, three, uh, twice yeah twice with, uh, well three times if you can include the original Spencer Tracy version but twice if you can include the um, Steve Martin version yeah yeah, yeah. Was, there, was there a third one I don't know I think there no, might no but it was the original one. Spencer yeah. Tracy I didn't mind them actually I didn't like the second one. I, I, I wasn't big. I wasn't the first one, Frank, was funny, and the second one, Frank, need to, needed to yeah, die. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't watch the second one, but yeah. I, I didn't mind the first one. <laughs> What's this? There's something about don't forget to belt up and say so don't forget. Your don't, get, don't forget to refasten your condom. Yeah. Seatbelt. 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 Her look actually when she looks back, that's acting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dead. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Tom Selleck has um, uh, for a while there, Steve Gutenberg. Uh, the most unemployed of the three. He's done Panto <laughs> in England. He did Panto in England. It's like, oh god, oh god, Mahoney. Then again, oh, it's the setback special on Ian McKellen, and he did play Widow Twanky in um, Widow Aladdin. The Widow Twanky. When? About three years ago. Oh really? Yeah, but Ian McKellen's after Lord of the Rings. Like he's like, I'm going to be. I want to do a day. Yeah, but dude, after you've done Lord of the Rings, who gives a fuck? Yeah, you can do whatever the fuck you want. You can do whatever the fuck you want. When Steve Gutenberg's doing Panto in England, it's not because you know he feels he can do whatever the fuck he wants. It means he can't get shit anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Panto? Really? Yeah, sure, I'll do that. Is that a big movie? Is that a big production? No, never mind. (laughs) Can I take home for the craft service? In the background, you hear someone banging on the door. I want my rent, Mahoney! 
he needs to do a JVCD or my name is Bruce style <laughs> down on his luck actor thing suddenly Steve <laughs> he's calling up Jones to get some help he's like no <laughs> but anyway Steve Goomberg was talking about a sequel for a while but because it was Steve Goomberg no, no one paid it no, no one paid any attention but <laughs> Steve, 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 Tom Selleck has um, uh, this is what he said uh, in a recent interview he said, it is true that Disney checked my availability. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. And I know they checked... They checked and I know they checked... Hey, Steve, listen. This is, gonna, this is a crazy question, but are you free for, like, any time in the next five years? Yeah, I'm free! Good, we just wanted to check. Bye! Goodbye! Cocoon! <laughs> Fuck you, Steve! He's got movie Tourette's after he, he ends every sentence from a title of a film he's been in. <laughs> Nice to meet you. Please, Kevin. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. And uh, he said, and I know they checked Ted's and Steve's and then had a script written. I think tentatively called uh, Three Men and a Bride, which kind of says it all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, There'll be some hilarious mix-ups. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's uh, Leonard, Leonard Nimoy directed the first movie. Fuck. Yeah, Spock yeah. directed the first one. And uh, the director of the second film is dead. So don't, uh, don't know who they're going to get. You fucker. <laughs> and the director of the first film is pretty much all that said, I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's what that was, that's what prompted his... Re- I'm retiring from acting and directing. Why? They're making three, little, three men and a little bride. <laughs> I gotta get out of here before that shit comes around. <laughs> I'm too old to say no. <laughs> Uh, other casting news this week uh, more details come out in the Smurfs movie I don't know why but the Daily Mail in the UK keeps getting the scoop on this <laughs> I haven't seen this anywhere else maybe no one else cares probably but uh, they had some more shots from the uh, New York shoot showing as well they have some toy Smurfs with them mm-hmm. about thumb to forefinger size uh-huh. at, and because uh, so they'll, they'll reproduce those later and it is very New York based I mean they have um, Jamie Mays do you remember her she was in Heroes red haired girl in Glee She's oh yes, teacher. yes, yes, yes. Uh, she's in it. Um, Neil Patrick Harris and lots more shots of Magazari looking bizarre walking around <laughs> New York in a cape and booties with the fucking whole get, get, uh, Gargamel do. Yeah, but I love the photo. Where's of the his cat? There's the cat. Oh shit! He has Gargamel. They've got an orange tabby for it. Azriel. <laughs> Look at the cat. That's a great off shot. Awesome. If they have a shot, we're just looking at the cat walking around. That'd be great, but. He's gone. We mentioned it before. He's got the full blow bald, but they have him like doing the full evil cackle, which looks bizarre. I don't understand. Like, okay, I, I will say I am concerned about it moving to uh, New York. Yeah, uh, I would prefer. Like, is it a time travel thing where Gargamel comes with them or something? I, I really would prefer if they kept humans out of this and just kept it to the fucking cartoon in the woods, in the woods, in this fucking Smurfland. Where but have it edgy. But I don't crackhead Smurf. It doesn't even have to be edgy, dude. Just make it like fucking like Shrek funny. Yeah, yeah. You know, like the first Shrek type of funny. Like make it like Kung Fu Panda funny. The funniest t- things I've seen the Smurfs do was that South Park episode where they had the different sides of the imagination warring, and there was a Smurf in the background trying to pick up like a ten foot sword. <laughs> that was funny. But it's like, you know, just keep it where it is because I, I mean, I for one don't mind a Smurf movie because you know I. I was a kid when that shit grew up. Yeah. I would love to fucking smoke a fat one and go watch it live action. Because you know that shit's going to be in 3D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. <laughs> Get him off! Get him off! The little blue bastards are all over me! Oh, I've been smurfed! <laughs> it feels so awesome! <laughs> do it again! Do it again! Did they eat smurf berries? 
Huh? Did they eat Smurf I think they while did. they were smurfing? I think they, they did something. They smurfed all the, they, they, they smurfed all day, every day. They were just like smurfing away. Like they were just smurfing. <laughs> Fucking handy. <laughs> I want to see how, I want to see, uh, that's another thing I want to see is like, I want to see the character, they better not fuck up the Smurfs characters. No, no, no. They, they, I, want, I want Handy to have illogically a 12 inch ruler hanging on his ear. <laughs> it's like, how do they keep that shit there? No, I want to see them, uh, you know. He, he, Smurf, he needs to be MacGyver for fuck's sake. Handyman. I think they have actually, if you look at the cast list, so the big thing is that Katy Perry is cast as Smurfette. And her voice is really annoying. Uh, yeah. Even when she's singing. Um, Gutsy Smurf is Alan, Alan Cumming, which I thought, I thought would be perfect for Brainy Smurf. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're taking Brainy out. Uh, Anton Yelchin is Clumsy Smurf. Oh, yeah? Check out. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Uh, Paul Rubens is Jokey Smurf. Paul Rubens and fucking Pee Wee Herman. Like he was yeah. Jokey Smurf was the one who just that p- presents for everyone with bombs inside. <laughs> That's gonna play in the today's audiences. And Jeff Foxworthy is handy. Yeah, there you uh, go. Fuck. Keenan Thompson. That's Keenan and Kale, isn't that Greedy Smurf? Fred Armisen, Brainy Smurf. Jonathan Winters, right? Is Papa Smurf? Yeah, yeah. And now uh, he, I, I've recognized his face, but I can't remember anything. I looked at the list of movies that he's been. He's in, in. the shadow. Yeah, he's in the shadow. He's uh, Alec Baldwin, but he's been in way more than that. And no, I can't no, no, start no. Out. He's been in tons of shit. He was in the original Smurfs as additional voices. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. excellent. Yeah. I actually, um, I, I didn't meet him, but I sat two tables away from him in a in a, in a small like uh, little cafe in, in California. Really? Yeah. He's done a lot of voices. This was after the shadow. That's how I recognized it. <laughs> he's done a lot of voice stuff though. Captain Planet, the Planeteers, Tiny Toons, Yogi, the Easter Bear, the Flintstones, which was '94 Flintstones. And I think he's also in uh, that documentary, The Aristocrats. Yes, that's probably where I saw him. Yeah, he's filthy bastard. Because like bastard. he's he's old school. Yeah. But yeah, that looks pretty good. But the voices, I mean, anyway. But you know, fuck it, it's gonna be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, I still want to see it. I still want to see it. I, I mean, like, I, I like Smurfs. Yeah. As a concept, it's like perfect drug, drug, drug entertainment. <laughs> these fucking. That's why the kind these, of. He's got the, these blue people that look like mushrooms. And Gargoyle wants to eat them. Remember the first season? I know. In the I first know. season, they were made out of gold or something, but. And, and the, the, the whole fucking thing is just, an alle- is just like an allegory for wanting to eat mushrooms and get fucked up. And just so you can see little blue people that look like mushrooms running around. And there's some, you know, like uh, the equivalent, like if God is, uh, you know, like a bald, white hair, white bearded uh, sort of fucker, then Satan would probably look a bit like fucking Gargamel. How many times have you gotten fucked up and talked to your cat? Yeah, a few. <laughs> other bit, of, other bit of casting news this week was that I saw some casting for Paul W S Anderson's. So that's not um, the Willie Blood Anderson. That's Resident it's, Evil. It's Anderson. not. It's not. Uh, no, it is. It's Resident Evil Anderson. Yes. Yeah. PC it's, Anderson it's, yeah. is uh, Boogie Nights. Yeah, exactly. W, uh, WS Anderson is all the other masterpieces. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the casting for his Three Musketeers was kind of interesting. Uh, Logan it's a very Lerman. solid cast. Yeah, Logan Lerman is D'Artagnan. Matthew McFadden from Robin Hood, which we'll get to later. Uh, Mila Jojevich, of course, as Milady de Winter. She'd be kind of cool with that. I think so. Um, who was oh. Who was the, the hand that rocks the cradle? What was her name? Uh, uh, Rebecca de Mornay. Rebecca de Mornay was in the uh, Keeper Sutherland one, right? Yep. Yeah. And to you, baby boomers, she would be uh, Tom Cruise's girl in Risky Business. Yeah. <laughs> Orlando Bloom as the Duke of Buckingham. You mentioned he's a bad guy. The Duke of Buckingham is not really a bad guy. Is he? Oh well, he's always conspiring with Richelieu to invade yeah, France. Yeah, he's supposed to be the villain of this, and yeah. as I was saying earlier, that's very good because you know, so, you know, so many people hate him. Mm. Then you know, it's good casting because you know, from the outset, you just you know he's going to die, and you're happy about it, and you will watch the movie all the way till the end just yeah. to see it happen 
But uh, the, the awesome casting I saw was Christoph Waltz as mm. Cardinal Richman. Christoph Waltz is being very clever. Yes. He is capitalizing completely on the fact that he knows that he can be scary as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Luke Evans is Armist, I don't know who the fuck he is, but James Corden's in it as Planchette. Planchette's the, 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 the kind of the... Uh, Luke Evans is, uh, he was uh, one of the characters in fucking Clash of the Titans. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, he's also in... Um, he's one of the guys who gets killed. Uh, I can't remember. He's also one of the, He's also, I think he's the lead, actually, in um, Tarzan Singh's uh, Immortals. Oh. Hmm. But James Corden turns up again as Planchette. Uh, Planchette's the um, slave guy, right? He's the, the mm. servant yep. who follows D'Artagnan around. Mm-hmm. Who, did he, who played him in the old, the old, the old classic ones with, um, oh, you know, the old ones, the very old yeah, ones with I, can, um, I can't remember with the drunk guy Oliver Reed. I can't remember was in it, and so was um, the man the R- sand, Richard Chamberlain. Richard Chamberlain was in it. <laughs> Planchette was played by some. It was, he's like Benny Hill, but he's not Benny Hill, and he just had some great. Those movies were insane. Those movies were insane because they were done by the Sultans. The what? The oh yeah, Salkin. Yeah, the yeah, Salkins, yeah. those crazy motherfuckers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you seen the, uh, the, uh, the 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 very extensive documentaries on how Superman was made? No, I don't think so. I think it was on that. The Salkins were crazy motherfuckers. There's bits of it on that. The the, the they documentary had ball, on the DVD. They had you balls gave me, right? the size of fucking honeydew melons. Yeah. Insane. The kind of money they were gambling with. Uh, for those of you who are uh, Superman fans, uh, fans of the original film, like with the Christopher Reeve movies and all that. Uh, if you haven't got the box set there is a definitive box set you can get on this it is an amazing box set yeah. it has all of the movies it has the director's cuts of all those movies including the, the Richard Donner cut including the Richard Donner cut of uh, Superman 2 uh, and it has a shitload of special features particularly focusing on the first film and the second film yeah. and, and the whole drama that happened there the Salkinds fucked Richard Donner over yeah. they did they fucked him over hardcore uh, but at the same time just the fact that this movie was their vision that mm. they that they had the balls to because you know these guys are not American yeah. you know they're just like one day it's like oh what are we going to do uh, how, uh, how about Superman let's do Superman yeah, yeah. you know it's like that and it's like you know, it's, you know fuck, let's fucking do it <laughs> and, and they just like got all these millions of dollars of people's money and just got, got the fucking movie done yeah is just insane I made a classic well you know Richard Donner made a classic yeah they made one and a half classics <laughs> Because uh, Superman 2, the final version, wasn't a bad film. It was a pretty good film. But the it best scene in the movie was left out where Lois finds out he's Superman. Yeah, yeah. That is the best fucking... That was amazing when I watched that on the uh, Richard Donner cut. I'm just like, how could they not put that in? That is... Because otherwise, it, she's a ditz. Whereas in this piece, it's like, it's really cool. She gets one over on Superman. No, no, I mean, like, like that uh, is... They, they, they didn't, the thing is that Richard Donner didn't want that. He doesn't want her to know. You know, at all? And, 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 and not like that. You know, like they just because uh, I was remember reading, the, watching the com- listening to the commentary on that, and Richard Don was just like, you know, that's fucked up. Like the fire. Yeah, yeah the fire thing was stupid. But I'm saying the best part was the the gun one. Yeah. From the alternate, edit, mm. where it's it's actually you know nothing matches. It's a different room. Yeah. It's like it's an audition tape. Yeah. But it's still awesome and yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. And you and you can st- you can tell that like uh, Christopher Reeve is still nervous because his pits are kind of sweaty. Yeah, it's not tape. If you're watching the movie, be prepared for it because there are some bits inserted from like audition tapes that were better cuts, and he can't go back and reshoot them. Yeah. So he just inserted them. So they're in that big pink fucking hotel room, and then all of a sudden they're in a small motel somewhere, and it just kind of cuts weirdly. And this box set also comes with um, two uh, one amazing documentary called "Look Up in the Sky." Yeah, and that gives you the complete. It's narrated by Kevin Spacey. And it basically gives you the complete history of the character from its inception, from um, 
you know, like uh, Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster when they mm-hmm. came up with it, all the way up until the release of Superman Returns. Yeah, so they missed out on all the legal shit between Warners and yeah. Siegel and Shuster. Probably for the best. Yeah. But you got, like, uh, lots of people on that documentary. You got Gene Simmons, uh, fucking Mark Hamill, um, lots of people, like of, uh, like uh, all of the major Superman writers, like Dan Jurgens and all these, all these fuckers. Yeah, so, it's very cool. So, if, yeah, if you have the money to burn, it is a box set worth getting. Many discs. Yeah, it's like a fucking... If it fell on you, it could really hurt you. I could kill someone with it. Yeah. That's the definition of art in Neil Gaiman's book. There you go. If it's big enough to brain a robber, it's art. Uh, I saw a trailer this week, which is available on twitchfilm.net. Uh, Norwegian Ninja. Did I you hear about seen, this? I haven't seen this. This looks very odd. Like, and it could <laughs> be in a good way. I'm hoping it's the new Dead Snow. But it's like, apparently the Nor- Norwegians have had... A, norm- a normal Norwegian just walking along the street is weird. weird. Add Ninja into it, and it's like... it's. Fucking the Mayans were right. <laughs> the end times are coming. Norwegian Ninja is one of the signs. What the fuck? <laughs> but this is shot in like an old 70s film grain, a little bit like Black Dynamite. But and it's like there's always been like the Norwegian constitution has ninjas in it, apparently. There's the Norwegian ninja service. Is there? Yeah, well then no, that's that's the that's the plot that's the, the premise of the movie. And so they just have and they have a whole load of like them just like appearing out of <laughs> nowhere. For a second there, I really took it seriously. Is there? <laughs> Is there? We must have ninjas. <laughs> I was, you lost me there for a second because in my mind I was putting together this league of Norwegian ninjas. <laughs> is there like a secret thing that no one has heard of for years? Well, that's the whole premise of the movie. It is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like they're there. They're always there to defend the Norway to defend Norway. And there's something about they will not invade. Why not? The ninjas will stop them. <laughs> But it has a lot of things like, you know, I think it's like a Jesus golf... Jesus Christ. It's like a flat area, like a golf course. There's this a puff of so smoke in the middle of it and a ninja appears. You know what I mean? It's literally that kind of camera trickery where, like, they just stop the film and he ran in. This is fucked up, man. <laughs> Fuck this shit. I don't want to make... It's crazy. But it looks like it could be fun. That's just... And the fight looks awesome. Doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh. And, and they're all, like, totally retro as well. Like, it's real gone, like, 70s, 80s kind of style. It looks like a black exploitation movie with white guys. <laughs> is it in Norwegian? It's Norwegian, yeah. So it's uh, so we, so I have to read this. You have to read this movie. I have to read this movie while trying to focus on all the amazing action. Watch Family yet? No. Six weeks, four months, account, three months, counting. No, I've had it for way longer than that. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I even remotely like. Like I look at the cover sometime and I just see Audrey. I need to watch an action movie now instead. I, I just see Audrey Tattoo look, look at me and I just feel like she's judging me and I just put it down. <laughs> Fuck you. Why won't you watch my movie? My little movie that I made? Because your movie has no Michael Bay commentary. <laughs> the commentary on that is really good. You know what I really love? Uh, I, the, the, what would be so cool to start doing, but this will never happen because creative types are so sensitive, is I would love for movie commentary, you'd have like one movie, one director's, com- one director's commentary, uh-huh. and then the other commentary would be another director. Ripping the piss out of him. Doing his honest critique of that movie. Uh, I would love to fucking like, like, uh, like to have um, Tarantino do a commentary on, on a Michael Bay movie. On a Michael Bay movie. You know, on Armageddon. On Armageddon. You know, something like that. That would be so awesome. Yeah. And, and, that's, and, and the only people who have come close to doing anything remotely like this is the Wachowski brothers. Yeah. Because for the, uh, the box set of The Matrix, you had two sets of commentaries. The first commentary would be uh, a commentary from um, teachers of philosophy mm-hmm. that were for the film. Mm-hmm. And then the second commentary would be by two prominent film critics who didn't like the film. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. 
and it's, it's a ballsy move. It's a ballsy move. It's a ballsy move. I mean, it's and I really res- and they do it for all three movies. Wow. So it's like at the end, like everyone's like, it's shit. <laughs> no, but it's interesting. It's in- it's really fascinating. Like uh, the way you kind of get a different idea of where these critics are coming from. In like the problems they have with it, yeah. it's stuff that you kind of knew in the back of your mind, but some of it they just clarify a lot more. They do some of that stuff with like the BFI classics and things like that, where they get it's not quite another director, but they get someone who's like like done a thesis on the movie, talking about it, and like you know, and because it's a lot they're classics, so it's like it's so long ago that you can actually the director's dead, you can bitch about it, it's like where he made faults and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, or even what was it? What was the was it the Rodriguez movie or was it there's one movie where they're, he's showing a movie to, to Quentin Tarantino and it's like it, it's not the commentary but it has him afterwards talking about it. Oh, uh, Clerks Two. Clerks Two, yeah. yeah, yeah Clerks like Kevin two. Smith showing the movie to Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's it's not a commentary, but it's kind of cool just to get it's their feedback. It's kind of cool just to get their feedback. But they, but if you notice, all their feedback's positive. Yeah. You know what? It's this, a good movie. It's a good movie. Yeah, yeah. It's like you know. Uh, I mean, you can tell they liked it. I see their feed, their feedback on fucking the last piece that you made. Combat. Kevin Smith is one of the most sensitive motherfuckers on the planet. This yeah, guy yeah. cannot take criticism to save his life. No. I mean, I'm a fan, but let's face it, dude. You know, like, after, like, how many fucking thousand word piece on Twitter basically bitching critics out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you are... A it's a piece fuck. of shit movie. Don't tell me it's a piece of shit. You are a sore fucking loser. I mean, I haven't seen Cop Out yet. I will reserve judgment until I see the fucking thing. I have heard, though, that it is... I've heard it's not great, boring. but I'll still see... I'll still fucking see it just to see, you know, how Kevin Smith chooses to move a camera around. Yeah. You know, but... In an action it's, movie. It's, it is a ballsy thing what the Wachowski brothers did, and that's the first time ever I'd kind of seen something like that heard something like that yeah. and it would be interesting actually if you could do that if you could have Michael Bay do uh, the bicycle thief like you know but the, you know it, like I, I, Emily. I, no, I would love to, I would love to listen this to, seems amazing but I would love an explosion in the background I would love to listen to Michael Bay's commentary of Team America mm. you know because they were making fun of his types of movies in Team America yeah, yeah. I would love to hear Michael Bay just do it it would, it would be so cool to hear Michael Bay do the commentary because can you imagine how entertaining is he when he's talking about him, about himself? Yeah, How yeah. entertaining would he be talking on? about someone else making a movie about himself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it'd be insane, you know. Like have you know fucking <clears throat> have nice. have Mike have Michael Bay do commentary on Jennifer's body. Yeah, <laughs> that would sell a lot of special edition yeah, DVDs. Yeah, that would. <laughs> that would sell a lot of special edition DVDs. <clears throat> Uh, whoever it was that did Jennifer's Body, if you're listening to this, Sorry. this is a huge marketing opportunity. Yes. Special edition DVD, um, unrated fucking, but guest star commentary, Michael Bay. I just want to do two more trailers before I wrap up. Um, I saw the nice, the real teaser trailer for The Expendables. Uh-huh, yeah. That got me psyched. Oh, God. The, just with the names. Yeah, the names going around the skull. Yeah, going around the skull. I was, I was like, you know, the action action legends action together legends for the first time. time. And it leads off with Stallone, Willis, and Schwarzenegger. I know. It leads off with them. As if they're like, they're not in the whole fucking thing. They're like probably a five minute scene, if, if even. But leading into, like, you know, Randy Couture at the end. I mean, he's not an action legend yet. Robert, does Robert make it into the skull? I think he does. But it's cool. It doesn't show any of the movie, it just shows like. Them saying stuff. You know, Roberts doesn't make it into it. No. No. But, but that's all right because Roberts, awesome that he is, he's not an action legend. No. Hey, he was, I, I loved him in The Demolitionist. He's just a legend. He's not. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm more. He was of, awesome in Mortal Kombat. I'm more of a the hard truth kind of guy. Not Mortal Kombat, dead or alive. <laughs> Christopher Lambert. You're thinking Christopher Lambert in Mortal Kombat. Yeah. yeah. He was awesome in that, though, was Raiden. I am yeah. the Japanese god of the thunder. <laughs> Which is another I was dead. 
don't say that, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> the other trailer I saw this week was for the Japanese trailer for The Last Airbender, and this looks awesome. Looks amazing. It, it's done the thing that Japanese trailers always do. They've always, usually it's because they haven't got enough money. Yeah. But like lots of long shots of cool stuff. But like, this is like they've actually they're showing the money shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the, there's a shot that's I think in every other trailer of like Ang coming out of the ice in a kind of a sphere. Yeah, yeah. But in this you actually see it crumbling and everything else happening. Yeah. And there's a whole lot of emotional stuff in there as well. Like he will need you, but you will need him. No, but because they they feed on that shit. Yeah. The fucking Japanese. Have you seen like Japanese cereals and the Korean cereals? They feed on tears. <laughs> they, you know, it's like it's like there must be. I'm sure they t- and crash zooms. Yeah, the it, Korean ones are still on TV it's, here. It's, it's like it's, what? It's crash zoom, flick back, crash zoom again, and then crash zoom to the other person, then flick back, then do a crash zoom on both of them for three fucking minutes. No one says that and just looks actually. I know. It must just have like sixteen cameras all lined up. I know, and thank God for Japan. Yeah, because you can't have a trail like that for America. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, what's the score now? Seven in Malaysia, one in America, minus seven. <laughs> Uh, You're going to hell, Gilkey. But uh, this looks like a movie I want to see. This looks better than fucking the Lightning Thief trailer, which I was kind of kind of. I've been about. very careful with um, how much of this movie I expose myself to because I do want to see it, and I hope that he knocks it out of the park. If the trailer's anything to go by, it's going to be a kick-ass movie. Yeah. But aside from that, I really don't want to know that much about it. Uh, last bit of news that I got is uh, because I'm in love with her, Chloe Moretz, <laughs> hit girl from Kick-Ass has signed on to play the lead in a new drama called Hick. You shouldn't tell many people about your love for her, really. Like, announce it on a podcast or something. That'd be just like, you know... She's awesome. She's awesome. Anyone who's seen Kick-Ass will completely agree with me. The sick little individual in the back of your mind that you rarely speak to will agree with me, and you will... A water. You will, you will fucking have your <laughs> thoughts that you have, and you will ultimately respect me for it. This film will be an adaption um, of a novel, adaptation of a novel by Andrea Portev. And it'll be directed by Derek Martini, uh, who um, I haven't seen this movie, but it's supposed to be pretty good. Uh, he wrote and directed um, *Lime Life*. Mm, I remember. Um, it's and this is also this is a good sign is that the author of the novel has adapted the script herself, which follows a 13-year-old girl from Nebraska, played by guess who? Oh, 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 Settle. Who runs away to uh, Las Vegas and gets, and I quote, more than she bargained for. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so, don't really know. Lolita does Vegas. But the novel does include scenes of rape and rescue. Jesus. Rape and rescue. Rape and rescue. Well, that's good <laughs> to have the rescue in there. You can have a rape or a rescue. What would you like? Uh-oh! I want both. <laughs> Cake or death. <laughs> um, and uh, she also, uh, no, apparently, uh, she also narrates the tale of the novel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool for Chloe. Well, I'm... Uh, because whatever we've talked about, Michael Sarah having you know, you know, difficult choices ahead. She's got like way longer difficult choices ahead. Yes, yes, that's true. She's the new uh, Dakota Fanning. Let's hope so, and not the new Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. <laughs> In the clink. <laughs> She's trying to come up with some shoes. I'm 14 year old. I'm 14 years old, and I have credit cards. What the fuck? <laughs> It's always a bad idea to skip out on your arraignment to go partying in Cannes. Yes. Where you can be photographed partying in Cannes instead of being at your arraignment. Yes. <laughs> you dumb bitch. I lost my passport. Where is it? Oh, some drug dealer has it. <laughs> I couldn't really tell because I was, you know, he was doing blow off my tits. Uh, 
The only problem is is that she's becoming so much the new the the Robert Downey Jr. of her of her, yeah. gener- of her generation. That in twenty years time she'll be cast in Spider Woman. I know, yeah. In, 20, in, in like no less than that, you know, less than that, because people now have way more ADD. So you're talking five years from now. Five years from now, she's gonna be all over the place. Jessica Drew in Alias. I know it's gonna be insane. JJ Abrams is gonna stage her comeback or something. It's gonna be insane. She's gonna like get sober, get clean, get married, become, find God, become homely. <laughs> Get cast as fucking like I don't know She Hulk or something. Starring Oscar winner Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> Never want to hear that phrase. Oh shit! <laughs> but you heard it here first. <laughs> you heard it here first. If it happens, we know things. <laughs> I hope it doesn't happen. Yeah, I can't imagine that'd be so fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> it would be really ironic like, if she does win an Oscar and Trey Parker has to present the awards. <laughs> Can you imagine like five years from now Trey Parker does something just ridiculous and somehow he wins an Oscar for Best Actor? He gets cast. The Trey only- Parker? Yeah. Uh, South Park. <laughs> why, why is Trey Parker? Because of all the ragging on him? Because of all the ragging on him? Yeah, yeah. But he gets cast as Best Actor. That would just be, what the fuck? That's, that's more unlikely than Lindsay no, that's, what, that's what I mean. Like in five years' time, you never know. Trey Parker might do some in- indie movie. That no one sees coming. Spilling some heroin addict or something. I don't know. Maybe he's, it's a life story. Trey Parker presents War and Peace. <laughs> Maybe it's a life story of a friend of his who died and like OD'd heroin. And he takes it on a personal level and he loses weight for it so he can do it. Or he bulks no, up. He's pretty skinny. Or he bulks up, you know. Or he takes over. Trey Parker is He-Man. Trey Parker is Luke Cage. <laughs> It's the Oscar because it's a real stretch to get a white guy playing a black character. In interviews, to be like, hey, work for Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. <laughs> this week's email. <laughs> if you want to get in on the email action, email us in at podcast at mcgeppenfries.com. Podcast at mcgeppenfries.com. Uh, email this week was hey Gavin what's the last book you read by the way just wanted to say ride easy Dennis and may you rest however you goddamn please and that's from Lord Nikon or Nikon and to <laughs> whom I say hey Lord Nikon how does it go in the Shadowmere provinces <laughs> what's the last book you read the last book I read was uh, Andre Agassi's autobiography <laughs> did you learn much from it uh, I did actually about I did. myth I did <laughs> He just met Andre Agassi. Did met Andre Agassi is meth. He plays tennis with meth. Gets tested for meth. Just positive for meth. Andre Agassi is meth. Warning: may contain Steffi Graf. May <laughs> <laughs> contain Brooke Shields. One. CSI on that shit. Um, this is an awesome book. <laughs> And the meth thing really is actually such a small part of it. Really? It is such a small part of it. And honestly, dude, if you are anything remotely resembling a reasonable human being, you will not be pissed at him. No. <laughs> you won't. Why would he be pissed at him? He did drugs when he was playing tennis and no, making No, but I mean, money. You, you read and some, like, some talkbackers are so fucking judgmental about it, you know, about the fact that he did meth. I've said it before. It's he, like the Tiger Woods thing, apologizing to the nations. is like, well, I'm sorry, I had access no, to a what, cavalcade of world-class women. I'm sorry that I hit that shit. No, but what, what's great about this is that he doesn't so much apologize for it as he does just as he does just lay down the facts. Yeah. This is this is what I did. This is why I did it. I know it was stupid. I did it. But I got so wasted. I got, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that that, that was pretty funny, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it, it's 
It's a really good book. I mean, it charts his history pretty well. And, I mean, this man has an amazing memory because everything is told in such detail. Really? I mean, I, I'm not a tennis fan. Mm. However, I must, I must confess, I mean, he is the only player that's ever made me watch a match. When you had hair? No, I mean, I just like him. There's something about him that's always... But he's, he is an amazing player. Uh, but I've never really been a tennis enthusiast, and, and I had a great time reading this. I mean, mm. with the way... His, 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 his memory for matches, how he describes matches... Yeah, yeah. Because the opening chapter of this book is describing his second last match before he got knocked, you know, knocked out into retirement. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's electric. Yeah. The way he describes it, and I'm not even into tennis, I'm like, fuck. Yeah, because you know? there's multiple story, there's multiple tennis stories in it. It's like making yeah. that shit fresh. It's yeah. two, two guys hitting a ball over net. No, but what's great about it is that he knows what matches to, to uh, elaborate on. Yeah, yeah. And he knows what matches not to. And it's just kind of bizarre. There's all kinds of things in there. That, like the first thing you learn is that he hates tennis. That's the, that's the first thing he, <laughs> he shows a bit of a shit profession, though, didn't he? I know, but the thing is, there's nothing else he could do. It was literally, you know, I mean, his father. Uh, Walks from Iran in 1942 and 58. Yeah, and uh, was and basically, I'm never letting that factoid go. <laughs> yeah, and his father basically, like you know, like from from the cradle, was like having like tennis balls and yeah. fucking made him play like since his birth. I mean, like you look at the back cover of this novel is a picture of Andre Agassi hidden, hidden, returning, returning a serve like a pro, and he's seven years old. Fuck, you know, it's just insane. <clears throat> uh, but it, yeah, it's it's a great book. I'm not going to elaborate too much on it. I mean, the, the meth thing really, it's. Uh, there was so much publicity on this and yes he did lie about it but it's like the whole Bill Clinton Monica Lewinsky thing who wouldn't who doesn't lie when, they, when doesn't? You, if you're asked hey did you do math no one says yes I have a choice between lying and uh, destroying my life or uh, no, I mean I have, I have a choice between lying and uh, keeping my career or not lying and possibly losing it forever yeah. you know it's like uh, duh. so you know what dude Agassi you're a legend after reading this book lifetime fan I YouTube some of your shit after it was emotional emotional it was emotional I, I watched like I YouTube his retirement game oh yeah yeah it was insane I got did it match up to the book it did <laughs> I got teary it was the movie as good as the I got, book I got teary <laughs> the last book I read which I finished yesterday uh, literally letter I uh, was Anathem by Neil Stevenson <clears throat> who also wrote Snow Crash Zodiac which is one of my best my favorite books of all time. Snow Crash is one of my one of, one of my favorite books. I really like that. Yeah, everyone goes for that one, but Zodiac is no, no. It has the granola Superman in it. It's awesome. Pizza. It's all the PCBs in Boston. Snow Day. Crash is all I gotta say. Pizza delivery. Cosa Nostra. It's genius. It is genius. There's so many throwaway lines in that that are awesome. It is genius. The Diamond Age as well is excellent. So he's writing these sci-fi books, but this is Anathem, which is about a series of monks who keep all the knowledge to themselves, and there's a plot that develops that goes in places you would never imagine. Uh, it's not a light summertime read because it is 952 pages long of small text. Oh god! You see, that's the thing with this fucking science fiction authors. Yeah, it's like, and he didn't used to because Snow Crash and Zodiac are like they're little small pa- they're airport you know, paperbacks. You fly for, through the bathroom. for people who keep flying into the walls of hard science. You sure do write in Bible font. Yeah, <laughs> you fucking cocksmokers. And this ties together religion, philosophy. Uh, again, it's another book where, without even intending to, I read ended up reading another book about quantum probability. Huh? <laughs> so many books I pick up are about probability and um, what does that say about you my friend by accident that, no that you're all about probability I'm all about the probabilities yeah. baby yeah never tell me the odds yeah just tell me the probability yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah. um, so so I finished that um, prior to that I uh, read a little bit of Alistair Randall's Revelation Space before I realized I actually bought it and read it three months previously which is kind of a dumbass move for me 
And I've moved that on. That says so much about your memory. What? That says so much. <laughs> what does? The fact that you can read something halfway and realize that you just that you've already read this. I read a few pages. <laughs> I read a good few pages. It's happened a lot. I mean, how I've, can you read? Everyone else looks at their bookshelf. My bookshelf's on the other side of the planet. Doesn't make a difference. I know what I've read and what I haven't read. I forget shit. It was like to me, it took me three months to figure out the name of a book that I'd read that was another one about probability. Our, our generation is the last generation of healthy book readers, dude. Mm. Everyone younger than us is fucking batshit stupid. They gave up with the cat in the hat. <laughs> so like, for me, but but yet we are at the tail end of it. Yeah. So when I read a book, it takes a lot out of me to fucking you know like. Pass up TV for a book. Oh yeah, you know it's like to, for me to read a book, it's got to be a fucking amazing book, you know. So I, I know what I've fucking read. Right. <laughs> I know what I've read in the movie theater. I saw the film was good. Um, this is never made to a film. Um, the other book I'm reading now is this start. It's called Follow the Money by Dave McWilliams, and it's about how why Ireland's fucked economy wise. Not so. It's uh, not not a thriller. Well, it's written in a weird mix of like fiction and non-fiction style. Mm-hmm. Like, it's he's talking about stuff, non-fiction stuff. Like, he's talking about the fucking minister of finance calling out to his house, which is surprising that because he, he wasn't supposed to talk about it. But now, maybe you know, the storm has passed. Good luck, Ireland. Um, <laughs> he's able to say, you know, he had the minister for finance in his house because he interviewed him on the radio, and he was the naysayer, and he's sitting there having cups of tea and not smoking, and just saying, well, what about this? What about that? What about this? How do we get out of this? Which is just weird. Mm-hmm. So, have someone like fucking politician come around to your house. Which is a good start, though. Good start to book. Thanks for your question, Lord Nikon. If you uh, would like to send us another question... Feel free. Please feel free. We won't make the book club a regular segment here, because it takes me fucking way too long to read these days. <laughs> keep watching TV No, but, no, it's a refreshing change, though. I mean, because like, yeah. you know, it also, I suppose, you know, it, it does it doesn't qualify as a creative art. What? Reading. Or writing. Books. <laughs> <laughs> writing. <laughs> Writing's not really that creative. <laughs> nah. It's just finger work. <laughs> you're just typing, isn't it? It's just typing. It's just typing, isn't it? You're, you're a typist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your mother's a typist! <laughs> <laughs> and your father smells of elderberries. <laughs> Reviews. Okay, I watched Youth in Revolt. It's kind of last year, right? Uh, yes, this is a pretty old movie. I mean, actually, this movie was. Uh, it says more about you. Your definition is pretty old. Last year, dude. No, I mean, no. What I mean, what I mean by that, it was actually uh, shot. Um, quite. It should have been released a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember for what reason they pushed it back. Uh, I, I enjoy this movie. It's not how the trailers would have you think. No. Um, the trailers. The, 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 the trailers, Mike. The, the trailers. <laughs> trailers. The trailers. How are you? <laughs> I'm from Adelaide. <laughs> How's it going? You alright? <laughs> Tell me about the trailers. Mate. Don't do that. <laughs> Tell me about the trailers. That's like throwing me a crocodile. <laughs> the trailers. I saw the trailers for this, and um, you know, it's Michael Sarah being Michael Sarah. Something about a girl. Something having to come up with a Fight Club esque alter ego, but yeah. doing it on purpose. Yeah. To do bad things. Uh, Who's called Francois? My, has a tash has my, a, what I like to call the scumbag tash <laughs> or the cat tash I like to call it the uh, 70s pimp yeah <laughs> it's a John Waters it's a full on John Waters is what he has right this movie is Michael Sarah as Nick Twisp and Michael Sarah as Francois Dillinger <laughs> it's it's a it's a it's it's a lot more quirky than it is 
funny. Really? Uh, I mean, all, some- all of the be- all of the best bits is are clearly between Michael Sarah and himself. Yeah. Uh, the the, uh, <laughs> the exchanges between I don't know was that kind of movie. The exchanges between the two alter egos is really cool. Uh, I mean, basically, what it is is that uh, he's your typical fucking nerd, still a virgin, mm-hmm. and um, he lives with his mom, played by Jean Smart, who was also Charles Logan's wife on Twenty Four. The fucking drugged out fucking paranoid schizophrenic. She's awesome, hot. Even this, she's even hotter. Hey, she got in the limo with the Russian. That takes balls. Yeah, that's right, man. She's all about it. She's all about the cock. And to prove it, her boyfriend in this movie is played by Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> it's too. <laughs> is he all beardy? He's all beardy. He's still all beardy. He's still all beardy, and he's funny in this movie. Everything. He's just got this delivery. Everything he says. It's like I'm just. I'm gonna go get some milk, and you'll laugh. <laughs> Because of his fucking face. <laughs> if I ever met this guy, I would laugh my fucking ass off. At just without him even having to say anything. Yeah, if he's wearing the shades as well. And yeah. dressed like a tramp. I mean, <laughs> uh, very early into this movie, you can tell that this movie is pure indie cast. Yeah. Everyone in this movie is indie gold. Uh, um, uh, Michael Sarah's dad is played by Steve Buscemi. You don't get more independent than Steve Buscemi. Than Steve Buscemi. And... Um, and like so, they're, they're, uh, his parents are divorced, and Steve Buscemi likes to date younger chicks. His girlfriend is played by Ari Grainer, who is um, uh, Nora's best friend in Nick and Nora, Nick and oh. Nora's Infinite Playlist. She's fucking funny. Six Degrees of Sarah. She's also um, she's also uh, fucking Anna Torv's uh, younger sister in French. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, that's her. Fucking awesome. And there, and uh, Michael Sarah's neighbor is uh, Fred Willard. <laughs> so already you can the comic possibilities amongst this cast and Justin Long is um, brilliant it show, shows up for a couple of scenes as well um, but what happens is that Zach Galifianakis Zach Galifianakis's character is a bit of a scumbag mm-hmm. and um, fucking fucks over a bunch of sailors <laughs> by selling <laughs> by selling them a faulty car <laughs> and while he goes off and buys this new fucking Pontiac or con- yeah. convert Lincoln New Lincoln mm, Lincoln convertible And So the sailors come around And it's like We want the, We want the fucking money Michael Sarah's like Well he's not here But he'll be here he'll, he'll be home later I'll be more than happy To tell him That you dropped by And I'd be even happier If you killed him Because <laughs> <laughs> he hates he, yeah, yeah. he hates this fucker Right And He tells uh, Zach Galifianakis about it And then the mom's like I'm like Zach what are you talking about You never told me Anything was going on And then so They all escape off In um, They to, to hide from these sailors uh, they go they go to uh, spend a week in a trailer park mm-hmm. where apparently Zach Galifianakis has a friend who has a trailer turns out and they go to this trailer it's all the high class trailers and then it turns out their trailer is the biggest piece of shit yeah, there. yeah. and while uh, Michael Sarah is hanging about he meets this chick uh, played by Portia Doubleday who's very charming and her character's name is Sheenie Saunders mm-hmm. and you know she's got a boyfriend they kind of hit it off and then towards the end of the trip and they kind of like each other but he's got to go back. And so they, they come to hatch a plot because Michael Sarah's character cannot leave the mom because the mom depends on the uh, child benefit checks and all yep. that. So he's got to basically become so... Mis- so Delinquent. Become such a delinquent that she will just make him move over there. Uh-huh. And so to achieve this, he creates this alter ego. Alter ego. Uh, but what's what the trailers don't show is 
the emotional depth of it. Oh, really? Is that um, it's not? It does take its time. It's not the most fast-paced thing, and it's not a laugh-out-loud comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a very. It, it, the parts where you laugh are just at quirks, mm-hmm. you know, character quirks. Some of the things that uh, you know, like Francois says, is obviously. I mean, as the trailers show, pretty outrageous. Yeah, you know, and. What's great about what's great about the movie is really is you get to see Michael Sarah speak in a different cadence. Oh yeah, he doesn't do the whole like, uh, Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah sort of like the, oh, you know the, the sentence trails off just as ending. Does that mean we're dating? Yeah, you know from Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, from Scott Pilgrim. You know, um, as you know, like Fr- Francois Dillinger speaks in a very much more assured cadence. So you know that this fucker doesn't have to rely on stammering. Yeah, which. Again, it's like it's Michael, a nice plus, Michael Sarah. If you're listening to this, you, you need to stop stammering in your movies. Yeah, uh, it was charming <clears throat> for a while. It's gonna get creepy real it's, soon. It's yeah, you're gonna outlive your welcome, dude. After Scott Pilgrim, you better be fucking serious about the next movie you do. You got you got to speak in a different cadence. I know you can. So if you don't, it means you're a pussy. Michael Sarah is Hamlet. Whatever, dude. Just something else other than Michael Sarah. Because you know, and I say this as a fan, Michael. I'm a fan of yours, but you got to change your fucking direction pretty damn soon. Otherwise, Macaulay Culkin! <laughs> Don't come back for ten years later, play a drug addict's movie still bombs. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's a good movie? I like this movie. I mean, it's, um, it's not a great movie. It does, it does have its uh, moments that don't quite work. Not, I mean, like, not, you know, there, are, there are a couple of moments in there that fall a little flat. Mm-hmm. But emotionally, it rings true. You do, the, the, you know, none of the characters seem out of place. Mm-hmm. Um... And it's not a very long movie either, so it's you know it's like you know like it'll just about an hour and a half. Yeah. So it's uh, it's good. I mean, and and w- w- what is it? What is nice about it is that the fact that the stuff that he does has serious repercussions. Mm. You know, and it's not all mayhem, no no uh, comeback. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like uh, he's uh, the thing the, the the things that he gets up to when he's under you know Francois's uh, influence. There's no way you don't pay for that. And that is also interesting to it is that it does kind of have a nice so, t- sort of Tyler Durden feel to it. Mm. Uh, that it's like a teenage Tyler Durden type of thing, but like in a small town. Mm. <laughs> and it and there is something about it that is kind of interesting. The the scenes where th- that he shares with himself are borderline creepy. Yeah, you know, it's like they're not so much comedy scenes. There is something unhinged about about him. Well, having an alter ego is kind of unhinged. I know. And there's a great scene where he gets where he's uh, on shrooms. They showed a little bit of it in the trailer <laughs> because, like, uh, he gets home and everyone's just like him, Justin Long, Ari Grainer, Fred Willard. They're all in shrooms, and like Fred Willard is face down on 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 the carpet, licking it. <laughs> you know, and and then Justin Long's like, "Don't take too much, man. Shit's really strong." <laughs> and so he goes in there. He takes one small bite. Francois just walks up behind him, reaches in. Puts the whole fucking shit in his mouth. <laughs> looks at him as he's chewing it like, you're gonna die. <laughs> and then after, just walks away and says, have fun. <laughs> and what happens to him is funny. That's good. Yeah. It is funny. Even that's funny. It is funny. It does have some nice, very funny moments in it. But uh, it's not like a laugh a minute. There is, it does take the time to actually try and get into these characters' heads. Oh, which cool. is nice. Yeah. Cool, I'll keep an eye out for it. This week I actually got to go to the cinema after trying last week, bailing, and I got to see Robin Hood by Ridley Scott starring Russell Crowe. <clears throat> so this movie starts, ah, oh, you don't even get to fucking Nottingham or England itself. Is he Irish? Ages. 
No, he's not Irish. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't find that. I didn't. There's been a lot of criticism of this movie because Russell Crowe's choices as an actor have supposed to be not so much choices as just bad voice work. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't find it that jarring. I mean, maybe it was just because it was. I was told it was so hyped before it that this was going to be like he'd wander all over the place. There is a scene with a big load of people. It is his Braveheart scene where he does turn into Arthur Scargill, like I said last week. Yeah, he actually does. We all belong to no king. <laughs> It demands loyalty but gives nothing in return <laughs> it's not champion he does go full on that that's not Wales that's Yorkshire fuck it uh, he just there's parts of it that are very much that um, he himself Robin Robin Longstrides Robin Longstrides so the movie starts in France where King Richard the Lionheart is returning home I, after I don't failing think they just call him Robin Longschlong mm. they might as well just do that oh there's, there's more about the name later <laughs> um Richard the Lionheart played by Danny Houston who's awesome he's playing basically Brian Blessed he's got the full beard and hair he's like we have a storm castle I love Danny Houston and uh, something occurs to him that requires the crown to be brought home and those guys get horribly murdered by Godfrey who's played by um, Max Strong mm-hmm. playing as evil as evil does mm-hmm. um, and you know Robin gets kind of as, as the one honest man in the army he kind of gets roped into bringing the crown home, assuming someone's uh, identity and then something else and kind of assuming an identity again um, to bring the crown home to the king, the new king, King Richard, King John, the ah. shit from him, all those uh, Robin Hood stories. And like that's literally the first half hour of the movie. You don't get to see Sherwood. You may see a little bit of Maid Marian just getting some hassle because taxes and all that shit. Um, <laughs> you know, she just won't fill in her return. And... Um, Matthew, what's his name Matthew, uh, Matthew McFadden yeah Matthew McFadden turns up to give her some shit and she's like Marion just pay me what you owe me <laughs> I'll take it in kind but um, not even that cool um, so it's, it's mostly just like men in leather in the woods for quite a while and like he's already starts off with Alan Adele and uh, who's played by a guy who'd never been in anything else before um, is Alan Doyle uh, it also stars uh, my favourite guy what's he called uh your favorite guy, William yeah, you're my favorite guy. No, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. Oh, Kevin Durant. He's in this. He's little John. Oh yeah, right. And he gets he gets the reprises role from Wolverine where he played the blob because he just like mangles all the lines given to him. He's like he's taking little John to be strong but silent. As a, but what he's really he's taking it as is strong and retarded. He's like, oh my god, go dance with that girl over there, <laughs> Robin. And uh, the Scott Grimes who plays Will Scarlet, is this the Scott Grimes from the 80s? Who's Scott Grimes? He's in Party of Five. Scott Grimes from the 80s, he was this guy from, like, uh, he was in fucking Critters. <laughs> was he red haired? Yeah, Ginger. Fucking. Is it I know him from um, Eeyore. Is it the same fucking guy? I don't know. Well, great radio. Um, he was in Party of Five, he was in Eeyore for quite a while. Uh, he's been he's in the voice of American Dad. He was in Wings. Was he in Crit- Oh shit, this is Scott Grimes from Critters. Holy <laughs> Critters shit. He played Brad in Critters too. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> in Eeyore, he played Dr. Archie Morris. So You're still alive, motherfucker? He's pretty young looking. Like, I mean, he's short. I mean, this is the weird thing. It's like, you know, I'm thinking... Like, Damn! Will Scarlet is a part of the Robin Hood mythos that kind of comes in and out. You know, it's his brother or all his, his half-brother and he's kind of evil and stuff like that. Well, that's what I got from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. So coming from Christian Slater to this guy is a bit odd. I know, I know, I know. It's like fuck, Christian Slater. Christian Slater is, as as Will Scarlet cracked me up. He played, he plays with knives. Because everything was like American until 
until what? Why don't you finish what you've started? <laughs> then suddenly he got English on me, and it fucking freaked me out. The big surprise for me was uh, William Hurt's in this as William Marshall, the king's um, counselor for a bit, and then he's fired. But uh, William Hurt turns up, and he's pretty cool. Isn't it? Well, William Hurt is the pretty much most of the voiceover narration in the trailer. Is it? Was it him? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh wow. And does he do like this? Some fucking. Um, uh, does he does he do like a uh, like a weird English accent in it as well? No, he just William Hurt. Fuck it, we won't pay. We need the people are bleeding from taxes. He just says it. Fuck it. Um, so this is kind of like it is basically Robin Begins, very much so. It's not that I didn't think it was it was that clear from the trailer, but it is. It's not Robin Hood. It's pre Robin Hood. Uh-huh. He's not. He's Robin of the Hood for like a, a minute. They do rob one thing, and that's it. You know, and they have the you know, Fire Tuck is there, but he just Mark Addy plays Fire Tuck. Uh, he just kind of turns up for a bit, does bits of stuff, but it's not. It doesn't really gel that they're, they're bending, banding together the Merry Men and the Merry Men, like you know, as mentioned, Alan the Dale, uh, uh, Will Scarlet, and um, Little John. They are very Merry Men for most of this movie because they're shit faced all the time. All oh, right, they're just getting wrecked on mead. <laughs> so the whole thing is that you know, Mark Strong Godfrey, uh, which I was the point that he wasn't Guy of Gisborne. <laughs> Um, he's basically friends his mother was the wet nurse to Prince King Richard or to King John the, the bad guy and so he's like friend of the king and advisor to the king but he's playing him off against the French he's going to get the French so he's a French fucking double agent and stuff like that and um, there's a, they kind of have the plot of Maid Marian and her father Max von Sydow, um needing they can't afford the taxes and if they don't have you know she has no male heirs and if Sir Robert Loxley doesn't come home then you know they're going to lose their land and stuff but it's just a mishmash. Looking at this, it was about halfway through, the lighting started to annoy me. Not the voicing, the lighting just started to annoy me, just that it didn't match. And it was like kind of like some shots just kind of hastily put together, it seemed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think back to Gladiator, and I didn't ever, think I ever thought that in Gladiator. I mean, you, uh, do you think of Gladiator, that, that shot with like the big yeah, Roman yeah, yeah, Colosseum yeah. and the black petals and stuff? Yeah. And that's, everything ties together with that shot. You know, I mean, the, the lighting and everything else kind of matches that, even though, I mean, it doesn't match perfectly with CGI, but, you know, it, at least it was thematically the same. Yeah. Some of this just feels scatty, right? Like it's just not like it's like a, they, they. We know the backstory behind this that was originally going to be called Nottingham, and then it changed, and all you know they don't know what the hell happened. And um, Matthew McFadden was on the radio saying about how uh, his role originally was like a one-liner, and then it got expanded, and then he died, and then something else came up. So you know this movie has been a lot of turmoil, right? Uh, and you see it on screen. Um, it just it doesn't come together. I mean, it, it tries to go for an English Braveheart, but I think Braveheart had the three fights like one per act. Mm-hmm. That kind of you know tied you together. Yeah, yeah, whereas yeah, yeah. this literally has some bow and arrow shit at the beginning, a storming of a castle, and then a fight at the end. And it feels just, the fight feels at the end just tacked on. I mean, the French have already landed. Why didn't they just land more troops the first time? They've been going around pissing people off as opposed to you know now there's more of them. No, I mean I haven't really heard um, many good things about this. Mm-hmm. I mean I I mean the the most praise I've heard anyone give this is that it has really good moments, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's like I mean, is it a, is it the movie is it a movie worth seeing on the big screen? Not really. I mean, I mean the, the scale of the movie does it come across on the big screen at least? Does not really. it have I mean, like epic type? No, definitely not. I mean, there was one. There was the one. There's one shot which is the arrow shot. Yeah, it's similar to the Kevin Costner shot. But I don't want to say too much. But there's one shot like that which is like ah, now I'm watching a really Scott movie. The Kevin but, Costner shot was awesome. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, so awesome it became the poster. Yeah, <laughs> but there's a, a real feel on this that. You know in Braveheart, okay, you compare it to Braveheart because it is the English Braveheart. I mean, there is those yeah, big yeah, battle yeah, scenes yeah. and stuff. But, you know, when Braveheart has that hammer, 
Yeah. You know something's coming. And when yeah. it comes, it's awesome. And they pull a long, a, a medium shot to show yeah. him hitting the guy in the head and you seeing the blood come out from yeah, the helmet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Russell Crowe picks up a hammer at this. And I was waiting. I was going to jump up in the cinema and go, oh, it's hammer time. Yep. That moment never came. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they squandered that moment. It's like they had the setup, they had the middle bit, and then they just didn't follow through with the prestige. There was yep. no... No, I remember, like, Braveheart was one of those movies, like, uh, that was the first movie I'd seen in a long time where they really showed carnage. Yeah, and they... Yeah, and they yeah, yeah. This, I think this was a PG-13. I'm not sure it was a Braveheart 18, was it? No, Braveheart was R. <laughs> but, uh, you know, little things like, in you know, Braveheart, you see something like, you know, you see the metal... No, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he yeah. put glass in his, his gauntlets and then you see him using that and stuff like yeah, that whereas yeah. this is like well he's got the bow the whole time and he took an arrow he threatens some arrows at the beginning but that's it uh, there's that one shot at the end where he, he is the awesome match he's an awesome match I mean the beginning he, the beginning fight scene kind of keeps you thinking oh this is going to turn it that way because they're storming the castle have fun storming the castle and um, you know there's a bit of that but ugh, fuck it's just I wasn't it didn't annoy me but it, it did feel like a lot of potential squandered and the worst part of it is all is the end where they actually do and I don't think I'm spawning anything for it because it is Robin Begins and it's like things are happening and you're thinking how are they going to are they going to just not, not tie this together with the mythos at all because they could go the route I think they, was it King Arthur was it King Arthur was the one with um, Clive Owen uh, yes yeah you know it was like you know the myth was wrong the myth was made from reality that was completely different kind of thing mm-hmm. like there were Romans and shit like that. I thought they might be going that level with this but at the end it literally was oh uh, now you're an outlaw and you know the sheriff of your on your ass and you live in the woods you know I mean those set up the Kevin Costner movie if you ignore his bit in the, if, if you ignore his bit in the Crusades he basically set up the Douglas Fairbanks movie for fuck's sake mm-hmm. you know the, the, I think the whole thing about Robin going to the Crusades is something that's been added in recent years yeah. or it may have been historically accurate but since Kevin Costner did it it has become more and more part of the mythos I know, but also uh, uh, the thing that I think from what I've heard about this movie and which is pretty typical of fucking people like uh, Rus- Russell Crowe and uh, Ridley Scott is that they've sucked out the fun of, of the legend a little bit I mean there's some fun moments in it, it. I mean, he does get some nice uh, interplay with Maid Marian and I have to say Kate Blanchett's pretty good Maid Marian well of course Kate, I mean it's Kate, it's Kate Blanchett she's good she's yeah. a good actress you know I mean I mean, you look at the acting pedigree in the movie. I don't think you you would complain. It's yeah. just it's got Mark Abbey. There's some kind of about Robin Hood, dude. There's a part of me that's like I don't really have much interest in watching again. Uh, yeah, um, you know, unless you're gonna, I don't know. It's like maybe if it was a different creative team. This is what I mean. Like some sometimes people need to fucking give it a rest because you become associated with a certain product, like Russell Crowe and Ridley Scott and Tim Burton and uh, Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp yeah. and fucking Scorsese and, and Leonardo DiCaprio. You know, it's like. I'm not saying you guys don't work well together. I think you do, but... You need to have something else to throw into relief. You need to fucking do something else because we can see your movies coming. You know? It's like... It's funny. Before this remake came along, I would always associate Robin Hood as something fun. Yeah. You know? I remember Robin Hood to be fun. And there is... I mean... Doesn't Kevin Durant gets all the fun moments. Doesn't necessarily mean geeky. Yeah. You know, or, or, or like... A, or, 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 or corny or anything. But yeah. it can still be fun. And the moment these trailers came out, it's just like Gladiator 2. Grim, gritty Gladiator 2. Gladiator 2. Yeah. So it does... It feels very much like a movie that they would do between movies. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, it feels like something that really Scott's doing before he does his next big thing. Um, it just... That whole lighting thing annoyed me, but just the, yeah, the, the accent thing didn't stick out so much because... I don't know, the tone was so different from parts of it. I mean, they're soldiers in France on the way home from the Crusades. They're getting about in Nottingham pretending to be someone else. They're fighting against the king. They're joining with the king. They're fighting against the king. You know what I mean? It's, it, it does seem like a, it's a series of segments. Mm-hmm. 
so as a result I didn't <laughs> felt like episodes with you know different actors playing the same lead so I suppose that's why I didn't think of the voice thing at all but yeah I mean it's, I think it's pretty telling that this is only available in two cinemas two weeks after release so um, I don't think it's going to be doing very well and really needs to get back on the horse after this mm-hmm. oh and I almost forgot the weirdest thing in the whole fucking movie all the kids and all the men have gone off to the crusades yeah all the kids with no men folk around have just fucked off and live in the woods and keep robbing Marion's shit and out of fucking nowhere come big fight scene they turn up on Shetland ponies these boys with like rags and no shoes and like masks and just sticks mm-hmm. and it's just like what the fuck is this where the fuck did the goonies on horseback come from <laughs> which we should also have a shout out it is now the 30th on the 7th it's the 30th I believe yeah tomorrow will be the 30th anniversary, 30th anniversary of, the goonies. of the goonies goonies never say goonies die goonies never say die they can't wait till tomorrow till they <laughs> get on with whatever you call it <laughs> <laughs> Oh, big shout out to the Goonies. I love the Goonies. I love the Goonies. Okay, Theta, don't mess this one up. <laughs> Link up tight. So, yeah, I wouldn't bother with Robin Hood. Maybe a DVD watcher late Sunday afternoon Cinemax version. <laughs> While you're waiting for another is it, is it, Baldwin is, movie to come on. Is it a Stephen long, is it a long movie? It wasn't too long. Uh, it didn't, didn't overstay its welcome. It was just like, it was going interesting places and it didn't go there and it was, then the end was just like, ah, oh, fuck you, King John, you dick. <laughs> so, this week, let's start off with the US box office top 10. At number 10, How to Train Your Dragon. Still hanging on there. Still hanging on. I wish it was hanging on here because like, I want to go see it. I've um, heard it actually uses 3D in an interesting way. Yep. Number 9, MacGruber. I heard it's not doing so well. It's not. Um, number 8, Date Night. Date night, still hanging out for a yeah, while. Yeah, actually, it's it's doing all right. Number seven, just right. All I know about this movie was that uh, they were saying how McGruber made less money than this and Letters to Juliet, and that's a bad thing. Number six, Letters to Juliet. Number five, Robin Hood, slipping. Number four, Iron Man two, awesome, hanging in there. Number three, Sex and the City two. I hear this movie is the the one one, one review in any cool news put put this best. I think it was Masseroom. Who uh, wrote that Sex in the City 2 is the reason why terrorists hate, um, hate America? <laughs> what I was confused was that they actually they go to Dubai, but they didn't go to Dubai. Dubai said, no, actually, we don't want you shooting here. And they, they went, went somewhere else and pretended to, it was Dubai? They went to Morocco. Yeah. yeah. Why didn't you just go to Morocco? It makes no sense to do that. Here's what I don't understand How can you make a movie about nothing? This well, it's about shoes. This movie is really like it's vacuous. Really, I mean, the whole show is just vacuous. It's just women talking about fucking clothes, you know, and who they fucked, you yeah. know, that, that kind of shit. And how do you I, make? A, how do you make a movie about that last for two and a half hour? Two and a half hours. As a sign of how well this movie is doing with the current cast, it goes on for two and a half hours. It's just her fondling her Milano Blonix. Um Blonix? shoes. <laughs> To show how badly this movie is doing, they're already talking about, with the current cast. They're already talking about doing a teenage. I know, I know. The Carrie Bradshaw Diaries. I know. They're gonna re- they're gonna reboot it. The, the high school years. Yeah. I will hunt this bitch down and rape her. In the face. It's fucking. So wrong. she'll be horribly deformed for the rest of her life, and she will no longer be able to act. What if Chloe Moretz was cast? I would uh, do the same. I would know. I'd, wa- I'd, I'd watch the show and gra- and begrudgingly like it. Number two, Prince of Persia: The Sands of Time. I kind of want to see this. I've heard shit. I kind of want to see this. So do I. <laughs> <laughs> so many people have said it shit. It's like, hmm. I'm but he's all jumpy in the trailer. <laughs> Just like the prince. <laughs> Although, yeah, I don't think 
I want. Also, I've heard Gemma Atherton is not as bad as she usually is. So I just want to see what that looks like. Because <laughs> I can't. I don't know. I can't imagine her being good. I can't be bothered. I just yeah. want. I just. I just want to see Ben Kingsley in yet another different colored eyeliner. Well, apparently he's just doing the hood from Transform uh, Thunderbirds. It's the exact same role. All right. Yeah, which is kind of campy. Uh, number one, Shrek Forever After. Listen to the last podcast if you want to get my lowdown on the final chapter. So that finishes off for this week. Thank you for listening, people. Thank you very much, and good night. Good luck. <laughs>